power of God resides here. Wow. Wow, wow, and wow. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? We're doing good? We have things to praise Jesus about today? Yeah, you can think of some things to praise Jesus about? Well, good. Well, good, because I have things to praise Jesus about. About, I don't know, the end of, let me see, the beginning of the year, January sometime, end of um, December. Um, you know, I was poking around the Bible. Maybe I shouldn't have put it here. Um, I was poking around the Bible. I was looking in the Bible because I wanted something new to read. What am I going to do? There's got to be a book. I'm like, okay, God, what's the next thing? What do I need to look over? And, of course... It flipped, it just didn't flip open, but I was going through, and Romans, it came to Romans. My heart and my mind came to Romans. And so as I started to read Romans, and it was Romans chapter 1, I came to verse 16, verse 16, and it just made me stop. It made me stop. And it goes something like this. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Right? For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And as I read that, I stopped, and I knew what I had to do. I went and got some piece of paper, and I just wrote that down. In fact, if you want to look at it, Right? Look at it. Underline it. Because that is a powerful statement. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. That was about, what, eight months ago? And of course, life got a little bit busy, right? But I had it written down. And so, you know what I stood out so powerfully to me is that that idea, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Yet, you know what the truth is? Sometimes I find myself a little hesitant. Again, maybe ashamed is too strong a word, but maybe I'm a little hesitant or shy about the gospel. After all, isn't gospel good news? And yet for some reason, what is my hesitancy, what is my shyness with this? Because you see, what I want is this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. That's fabulous, isn't it? I can read those words, and yet when it comes to my life, sometimes I feel a little hesitant. And that's me standing in front of you, and I actually have a little title at this church. So I'm wondering if maybe you feel the same way. A while back, not a while, it was actually several years ago, my mom and dad had been down, and um, so my sister and I were just kind of on a drive, and we took them to the top of Mount Helix. Does everybody know where Mount Helix is? It's in La, La Mesa? Yeah, you've been there. It's really nice. It's a kind of a park-like setting on top of a, a hill. It's not really a mountain, but it's a hill. And um, the beauty of it is you get 360-degree views. You can see South County, North County, looking west and east. So it's a beautiful place to go and kind of relax and, and just experience a nice moment. It has a beautiful amphitheater there as well. And so we went there, and we were walking up. They had never been before. And so we were walking up at the top. And at the very top, what's at the top? There is a cross at the top, this big old white cross at the top. And so as my dad and my mom and my sister and I were walking to the top, all of a sudden my dad drops to his knees in front of the cross and says, thank you, Jesus. And he had this short little audible prayer, prayed out loud. And I was like, 
I've never seen that out of my dad. And it wasn't for show. It was because in that moment he saw the cross and it was beautiful. And he just said, thank you, Jesus, because my life before is different than my life now. Right? And in a good way. And I thought to myself, I wonder if people think he's a fool or an extremist or something. Right? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And in that moment, here he is, he's simply responding. Friends, have you ever responded? Have you ever been a fool for Christ? Have you ever been a fool for Christ? Have you ever believed that God would show up? And yet most of the people are like, oh, I don't think so. Have you been a fool for Christ? Have you been compelled? Have the Holy Spirit moved you in a way that said, you know what, you did something that was a little bit uncommon, out of the ordinary of what maybe most people do. Maybe you actually pray before you eat and you actually mean it. You give thanks to God that says, thank you for providing this food that's in front of me. Right? Have you been a fool for Christ? Have you been inspired by the Holy Spirit? And what is that, by the way? It means that you, you can't help yourself. You just do it. It is other-centered. Right? You're doing it because you just want to do it to bless that person or to bless in that moment. And so I ask you, friends, have you been a fool for Christ? And so, not, so I can tell you, I think I've been a fool for Christ. The truth is, I'm standing here today, and I'm probably a fool for Christ. Now, I know sometimes I'm a little energetic, and maybe that's been taken as foolishness. But it was fascinating. You're right, Miss um, Trina, right? She, uh, yeah, we got a call from Kayla that said her, her grandfather um, was going into hospice. And so, you know, they know that it was, you know, time was kind of winding down and family from the Philippines were coming in and, uh, um, and they're all meeting there to, again, to give support and encouragement uh, during this time. And, and, and her sensitivity, and I say Trina, and Trina's sensitivity to the spirit, um, you know, and, her, and her, in her wisdom, she said, you know, don't worry about this, this. She was supposed to be up here today. She was supposed to be up here today and given the message. I don't know if you noticed the title last week. It said... Summer of Psalms, part one. Well, usually if you have a part one, you got a part two, right? But there's not a part two, you get me. But anyways, <laughs> but it was fascinating because it was last short notice, right? We're talking about Thursday. We're talking Thursday. And, um, you know, Trina kind of sent out an SOS to a few people um, and said, hey, has the spirit moved anywhere? And, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not sure. We're busy building a carport. Chip and, and my sister and I were working on a carport, so I really didn't give it much thought. In fact, I thought, oh, I'll give it thought, you know, Thursday night. Well, as soon as my head hit the pillow, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't giving it thought. I was restoring myself, right? And so I woke up in the morning. I gave Trina a call, and I said, hey, Trina, I said, you know, does someone say yes? Right? Fully thinking that, oh, well, you know. Maybe someone was moved by the Spirit. And um, she goes, no, not yet. She goes, well, what do you think? And I said, well, so I said, give me a couple hours. I don't know how the Spirit works in you, but usually when you sit down, you give it a little time. You know if it's moving or it's not moving, right? You know if it's moving. And lo and behold, guess what? I actually ended up with something on a page, an outline on a page. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because I really hadn't thought about that before. Right? The Spirit of God is moving and it's active. Why do I tell you that? I tell you that because here's another thing. I usually preach faith, right? A living faith. 
And I'll tell you, a lot of times, and Trina have, and I have some similarities. She was kind of laughing. We were laughing about this yesterday. What do we like? I'm organized. I like time to prepare. I like time to make sure everything's right and everything's good. Right? Well, 24 hours is not that much. But I said, you know what, if the spirit moved and there's words on the page, I cannot not do it just because I'm a little uncomfortable. I cannot not do it just because I'm a little afraid it doesn't come out perfect. Does that make sense? Because when God calls you to do something, when, God, when the spirit moves, you either move with it or you get left behind. No, you miss out on the power of God, right? You miss out on the very essence of why we're here. And that is, right, to be conduits of the Holy Spirit. And so if I said no, well, what does that mean to everything that I've said before? When I say, hey, let's live by faith, let's be a church that lives by faith, it means nothing. So I'm standing here before you here to say, if anything's good, the Holy Spirit of God is real. Amen. Right? Holy Spirit of God is real. So again, this text, this text, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, right? Because it is the power of God that, that uh, brings salvation to everyone who believes. As I read that, as I read that back in January, I, and I picked it up just recently, and I read it again in my notes, and again, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, What? Why can't I have that? Oh, maybe at times I have that. I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to have it in church, isn't it? It's a lot easier to have it in church. I don't know about your workplaces and your families that maybe don't believe, but it's a lot easier to be in a church environment and to be not ashamed of the gospel. But sometimes it's a little harder, especially in this day and age when you have to kind of meter out maybe what you say, depending on the environment in which you're in. But I don't want to be ashamed. And I've often asked myself, it's like, okay, so why is that? Do you ever ask yourself, why is that? When you know maybe there's an open door. And by the way, as I say this, I'm not talking to being some extremist and being just someone, woohoo, on the side, megaphone, sinners, come to Jesus, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being attuned to the spirit. And when God says there is a moment for you to step through the door, then you step through the door. But I often find that sometimes I'm hesitant in that step in the door. Right? And so again, please, please know what I'm saying. I'm not talking about just not attending to what the spirit is telling you. I'm saying there's, and remember Jesus, right? Jesus did what? He always met needs. He always met emotional, physical, mental needs before he oftentimes even shared the gospel, didn't he? All right, so again, there's wisdom when it comes to sharing the good news. But you know what? If it's such good news, why am I hesitant? Right? Is it because maybe unbelief? I don't know. I teach at Grossmont College. I'm in the educational setting. Most people, you really believe in this? Right? What a fantasy land. You believe that the, that the earth was created in seven days? You believe that Moses took his stick, tapped it on the ground, and the sea open parted? Are you kidding me? Do you believe that the woman, right, came up and touched the hem of Jesus and she was healed? Are you kidding me? Really? Do you believe that? And so maybe there's a little unbelief and maybe there's a little hesitancy. I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe... Maybe that's why we're not woohoo for the gospel because we're not quite sure. Or maybe you've just been struggling and challenging and you wonder, God, are you kind of here? Is that a reason why maybe we're not bold for Christ? 
Is it? My mom lays in a bed in the advanced stages of dementia, bedridden, can't move, can't do anything for herself anymore. And sometimes I wonder, God, <laughs> you say you're powerful, right? I don't know, maybe for you, maybe you have tr struggles and difficulties, and maybe, maybe you have questions, and maybe that limits our ability to step and say, God, right? Jesus, and not be ashamed or not be hesitant or not be shy. Maybe, or maybe we're living in a world, I mean, where, God, where are you in the midst of suffering? Right? There's more slavery on the planet now than there's ever been in the history of the world. Where are you? And you know our own lives. You can take inventory of your own life. It is not easy. And so maybe we look at God and we say, this, this idea of unbelief, well, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I like being a nice person, and I like coming, and I like the concept and the idea, but I don't know if I'm going to go all in on this. Or maybe, or maybe it's, maybe it's the, the message that we received growing up. I mean, we just sang three songs, friends. Those are amazing, beautiful songs. But is it just a thought or a concept? Or is it actually can happen here on earth? Jesus Christ is a beautiful, life-giving message. And was it somehow framed to us in a way? Condemnation, sinner, right? Hell? I don't know. I know we've had talks, right? Group, our group out there, we've had plenty of talks about the fear of God. And don't get me wrong, we will all stand in front of Jesus and we will all give account of our life. We all will. But do we lead with that? One of the things I've liked most, um, some of you might have heard some rumors. Maybe you heard something about this word called rooted. Um, we did a little pilot group last fall, a, a small group of us. And then in the spring, we just went to some leaders. And what it was, it's a, it's a kind of 10-week experience. Um, it's high demand, high commitment. You meet every week for 10 weeks. And um, again, 10 weeks is kind of like a Christianity 101. All right? Except you're traveling with a group of people. It's very experiential. We have prayer experiences. We break strongholds. We serve together. Not focusing on the doing, but on the being. So we do this, right? But you know what I love about this? Is that they, had, they framed the gospel in such a beautiful way. Framed it in a way that there's no way that I'm going to be ashamed of the gospel. Listen to some of the way, the way they write it in here. Here's a, it comes from page 17 of this workbook. And it says this, In the story of creation, we see the power of God in action. For instance, he simply speaks the universe into existence. We see his intelligence, beauty, and order as he creates and fills each day of creation. We not only marvel at the creation, we marvel at the God who created it. The heavens declare the glory of God, it is said in Psalm 19.1. Then finally, we get to see God's evaluation of all he has made. It is good. Good. A God delights in what he has made. Everything about God's creation was good. There was not conflict, no destruction, no disease or pollution. The Hebrew word shalom captures God, it, God's intent for creation. 
Shalom means peace, by the way. Here's the beautiful message of Jesus Christ is peace. Tell me who doesn't need peace in this world today? You need peace? I need peace. And everybody out there needs peace. Shalom. God's intent was shalom. Shalom means wholeness, unity, integration, harmony. Everything was the way God intended it to be. It is important we begin the story here. Often church begins with the bad news about us and the world. We are fallen, sinful, and in need of rescue. While true, the Bible doesn't start there. It starts instead with a loving, incredibly powerful, and majestic creator who personally designs a universe to reflect his glory. Is that beautiful? Friends, when we share the gospel, is that where we're starting? Of a beautiful, that God loves you? That you are a child of God? That he wants to bless you and care for you and provide you? Do, is this where we're starting? Or are we starting elsewhere? Because let me tell you, we got this life-giving message, and yet, why am I hesitant? God wants shalom for us. He wants shalom. God wants to be our covering and our protection, right? He wants to cover and protect us. In Deuteronomy, it says this, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20, it says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. God desires good things for you. He desires good things for people out here. God desires good and peace and harmony and unity. Amen. So why am, I, why am I hesitant? Why am I shy? Why don't I want to go and say, hey, <laughs> right? Why don't I want to go and say, for I am not ashamed, ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. If that is true, why am I hesitating? Aren't you tired of hesitating? Aren't you tired of reading words? And yet they don't come into actuality? We talk of a powerful God and yet the, where's the power of God in our own lives? I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect. Heck no, we live in a fallen world. But do we believe that God is present? That God is real? That he can do what he says he can do? I mean, we talked about in Connected Life. Last week was about creation, right? God desires a relationship for you. He wants you, for us to be in his presence. And he wants harmony and unity with each other. And he wants harmony and, uh, harmony and peace within creation. That's it. That's a beautiful message, friends, and that's what God desires for us to share with the world because the world is hurting. So I ask myself, why am I hesitant? Why am I shy? Why? Maybe you too. And again, friends, let me say this. I'm not saying go into people and beat them over the head. You know what I mean? This is why listening to God is very important. Only when the Spirit moves is when you move and when that door is open. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit of story. Um, anyways, I'm going to tell you a little bit of story. Um, I think that highlights this moment. Last semester was spring semester. Again, I teach at Grossmont College. I'm in the exercise science and wellness department. Um, I can teach activity classes. I can teach fitness classes. I can teach um, health classes, exercise physiology, personal training classes. And so I have a kind of a variety of background. And um, I had a new prep 
just absolutely whew, took every ounce of my energy. <laughs> if you Teachers and non-teachers, I'm just telling you, teachers will understand this. When you have something new to prepare, it is really hard. Right, Miss? Right, Miss? Right, Miss Kimmy right there? Amen, right? You never taught it before. You got 50 people out there, and all of a sudden you're supposed to know. And it's like... Well, if you don't know, it's a long day, right? It's a long day. But you have to really prepare. And I had like 100 students, more extra students. And so it really took the ring around of me. So I was already starting at a deficit when the semester began. In fact, when the first day happened, I was exhausted. But I had this girl. There was a girl in two of my classes last spring. Uh, and she was, I've had her before. I know her history. She's taken some activity classes. She takes some fitness specialist classes. So I know her, and she's a good student. She's a responsible student. She stays on task. Praise God. Thank, praise Jesus, right, for us teachers. Praise Jesus. That's so nice. Um, and so I knew coming in, it's like, oh, you know, this is going to be fun. You know, she's in my class. Well, it's fascinating because we got about three, four weeks into the class, and all of a sudden, it's like she's off the grid. I don't see her coming to class, either one of them. And I'm like, where is she? And I know her spirit. I, she's good. She was a teaching assistant for me. Probably one of the best teaching assistants I've ever had. And I'm like, what happened? And of course, I'm so swirling with all my busyness of my, of my semester, it took me a while to actually make the call. By the way, let me step aside, tangent. If somebody is on your heart, if somebody's on your mind, and it's more than once, what do we do, friends? Make the call. Send the email. Send the text. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is telling you to make that call. Right? He's make that call. And I knew I should have sent that email earlier. But anyway, so I went ahead, sent an email to her. I said, hey, I'm worried about, I, you know, I'm concerned. I don't see you in your class. I know you missed an assignment. And so I got into contact. She kind of wrote back, oh, thanks for reaching out. I'll be at class you know, so-and-so. So sure enough, she comes to class, and then, um, you know, at the end of class, I ask her, I said, hey, listen, you know, what's, you know, what's been going on? Because I know I have a history with her. I know her. This is something, something's messed up. And so, of course, for <laughs> after class, for 45 minutes, we go to the conference room, and for 45 minutes, she begins to share her story. And she's crying. And it turns out, this is it, folks. She's got an eating disorder. And it's just totally turned her life upside down. In the past, six, uh, past uh, year, she's gained 60 pounds. She was a little heavier before, and she's gained 60 pounds. And she's had a history of eating disorders, and she's just struggling. She's struggling to the point where in one of my classes, I have them come up and tap in, right? Say, hey, you were here that day. She doesn't even want to come to the front. She doesn't want to come, come to the front and see. And I know when it comes to eating disorders and, and things like that, it is physiological and it is psychological and it is important and concerning. It's real. I guess that's my point. It's real. And so I do my best, friends. I do my best. I'm cheerleading. I'm motivating. We, I, I'm trying to encourage her and support her because I know she's got so much potential, right? And so I want to help to get her back on track. And I'll tell you, when I get to those points, I try to, f how should I say this, throw a breadcrumb of the Spirit in order to see if there's a door open for me to have a God moment with her. Okay? So, you know, sonar, right? You send a ping out, and does it come back? 
because I don't think you hit people over the head with it, right? You got to be attentive to the spirit. So I sent out, hey, maybe does she have a faith background? Because guess what? You ever notice this? Your conver conversation becomes very different when you know somebody has an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Although sometimes the, Jesus, the understanding of Jesus Christ can be a little skewed, which means it's a little, well, you got to go around. But anyways, there's at least there's knowledge. So I'm sitting in that moment, right? And I'm trying to encourage her and support her, but I realize there's no open door. I can't even go in that direction. And so I say a few words, but I'll tell you what, I mean, we make a plan and she's agrees to the plan and we go ahead and we part, but I'll tell you what, I've never been so dissatisfied because I feel like I couldn't help her because I'm looking at her and her value and her identity is just completely flipped upside down. What the world is telling her she is and what the world is telling her what she has to be, that's not true. And it's just lies. The lies that are, were told by the enemy, right? And so it goes on. Sure enough, she comes to class pretty consistently, but then all of a sudden she kind of drops off again. I can see her struggling. In fact, she doesn't even want to come to the first class. She kind of comes to the second class. There's a fewer, fewer people in that. And so she's developed some relationships. And it's fascinating because I even have another conversation with her. And our conversations are always like 45 minutes. It's fascinating. Again, I'm cheerleading, pom-poms, go, you can do it, you can do it. Encouraging, trying to motivating. And again, I try to see, hey, is there an open door? No open door. So I just try to encourage and motivate. And by the way, have you ever noticed that it's just self-help, motivation, cheering on falls short when Jesus Christ is not a part of the conversation. Do you ever know that? Right? Because here it is for the gospel because it is the power of God. There's something there. It's the Holy Spirit of God. And so I do it again, but no. So the whole semester was kind of up and down. It came to a point where she was in class one time, and it was our fitness specialist class. We're talking about program design. How do you design programs, exercise programs for fat loss, for weight loss? Well, of course, that was a sensitive topic. Ends up crying, and it spills into the class. And again, and this is tell you what, I am ashamed right here, is I remember thinking to myself so clearly, I've told you about this. I've told your identity is set. I told, you know what I mean, in this sense, in the manner of I could. And it's so strange because I felt it within me. I was frustrated and annoyed. I suppose the operative word there is I. That is a, that is a sermon unto itself. God calls us to be faithful. God doesn't call us to have outcomes. He says, if I'm my voice and I speak to you and I call you into a situation, then you just be obedient to do it. Right? But Sharon's like, oh, but I've been cheerleading. Oh, I've been motivating. Poom, poom, poom. Right? Why isn't this happening? Well, you know why? Because Jesus Christ was never mentioned, I think. Right? And so I'm trying to do it, and so we have this moment, but I also recognize, and I'm ashamed by it, because I know that I'm frustrated. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I've done the best cheerleading I can, right? Comes to the last day of class, friends, the last day of class. Last day of regular classes. We still had one more finals exam time to meet. And I thought to myself, and I remember thinking this, again, I'm not proud of it, but it is what it is, right? It's very human. As, as she comes in, I'm thinking, okay, it's done. 
I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to whatever, right? I just know. And I, and I say that honestly, because I remember I was kind of like, tired. I'm probably tired out from my whole semester, but you know, I just felt that, which I look back now and I go, that's not of God. That's not of God. So of course, at the end of the class, I'm gathering all my stuff up front. And then what happens is, guess what? I look up and she's the only one in class. Everybody has left. And I was sure that I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> There'd been no open doors. And of course, as we begin to have that conversation, and yeah, she thanks me, but we begin to have that conversation. And of course, another 45 minutes. <laughs> but this time something changed because I couldn't help myself. And I said, you know what? I won't give you her name, but I said to her, I said, you know what? Your value and your identity is being attacked. Your value and identity is being attacked. And I said, and she goes, but how do I get past that? Ooh, here we go. And then it opened. It was like a three-car car garage door now that came open. Three doors, right? And it wasn't just the crack. It wasn't sliver. It was doors, doors. And I said, you know what? And by the way, in Rooted, you know what happens in Rooted? At the end of Rooted, you know what they have you do? How do you, how do you share your story? Here's your two-minute. How has Jesus changed you? Right? Seems real simple, doesn't it? But it's not so simple. And so what I did is I began to tell her about my value and identity and how in my teens and how my 20s, how my value and identity was challenged. And I said, the only thing that changed was the fact that I found Jesus Christ. That was the only thing that changed, that now I have an anchor for my soul. And yet I still struggle, God's love and God's, but I'll tell you what, I know who I am because I am a child of God. Amen. I am loved by God. He is pleased with me, Amen. right? And I'll tell you what, when that door opened and I was able to step in and I was able to share that Jesus Christ matters, it makes all the world it makes all the difference in the world here's the verse for i am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of god that brings salvation to everyone who believes there's so many people in our spheres of influence that that are hurting including us and are we recognizing the little crack to be able to share this because we say that this is a beautiful wonderful message right we say there's life changing. We can be victorious. We can be overcomers. We can be comforted and provided for. But if we don't even take that step, <laughs> right? And I, again, I'm not talking about thumping and going places where the Spirit isn't calling you. So it was fascinating. So she comes back in a week to take the, um, the final exam, and it was so cute. She brought... She brought a little vase with some flowers, and she brought this card. And um, I'm going to read. I'm going to read what she wrote. There's a lot of nice things in here, but I know it's the Holy Spirit of God, and I'll tell you why it's the Holy Spirit of God. Because <laughs> I know how I felt when she came in that day. I wanted to, right? Eh, it's too hard to work. I'm tired. I'm this. I'm that. But this is what she wrote. She said, Sharon, she said, thank you so much for all the help you've um, offered me. You've gone above and beyond the responsibilities of a professor, and I will never forget what an influential role, uh, influential role you've played in my life as a mentor. 
You are truly one of the best. Thank you for all of your encouraging words and pep talks, especially for believing in me at a time where it's been hard to believe in myself. I'm excited to share my experience with you as the development of my career unfolds. You don't know the full extent of how much your support has helped me during this time. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you for being there. It means more than you might think. I'm not tooting my horn, friends. I'm just saying there's people that we can impact. There's people that we can impact with this beautiful life-giving message of Jesus Christ. And if we're too afraid to step our foot into the door, into that crack, then why are we here? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of singing songs? And all we do is sing songs, but really, are we really seeing the impact of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit here? Are we? Friends, let us be a church that says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Let us be those people. Let us be those people.